0: men to so the that- DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you head on over there and sign up for an account. Also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental Group, the best damn family dentist here in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown in Lakewood. Be sure to jump on over there, get your cleaning x ray and exam in, and you'll get a free Sonic Air toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. I am Ruto, joined by AJ Hafley and Allie Monroy herself, who you saw just there.
1: I get my wisdom teeth out on Thursday or Friday. There you go. At Green Mountain Dental Group.
0: It's about time, Allie. It's about time. I know.
1: I know. I'm nervous.
0: It'll be fine. Green Mountain Dental Group will take care of Allie. No problem. Piece of cake. We will get to the Tyson Val Valnachushkin content here. In a little bit, because the defensive forward conversation is an interesting one that's that's been a bit of a hot topic lately. But first, some good news and some bad news. A little bit of a little bit of everything in the Colorado hockey world today. Let's start with the McFarland conversation. Right now, it sounds like Pittsburgh is leaning towards Ron Hextall. As uh, they their... officially announced it, actually. Oh, did they officially announce it? Did I miss the official announcement? Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, 100% confirmed that McFarland is staying with the Colorado Avalanche, which is great news given that he has been a major piece of this organization's front office for a handful of years now, helping the man behind the scenes of of Joe Sackick, I suppose, when it comes to building this this hockey team. So, always good to see. Uh, Other good news for the Avalanche – Nathan I mean, okay. always,
1: always good to see. But like, you feel for the guy, you know? He's been an assistant GM for 20 years.
0: I mean, let's know. let's be real. Like uh, the next GM position that opens, you have to think the Avs fan base is going to be doing this again with him. Every single time another position opens, he's going to be in the running.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has. It's been happening for a year. Uh, yeah, he interviews. He's he was part of the Minnesota. Process. He was part of the New Jersey process. Um, he was part of the Pittsburgh process. For whatever reason, he was not part of the Florida process. Did Uh, he want to
0: be part of the Florida process?
1: Was not part of the Arizona process. So there have been openings, you know. That's what a sixth of the league uh that have had GM openings in the last two years. Uh, and he's participated in some and not in others. So there. But you, you have to think that he's getting closer. Yeah, I mean, you have to think the first time he ever interviewed for it, it probably wasn't going to happen. But his name, getting his name out there, his name becoming part of uh, one of the ones that comes up with search firms and uh, you know things like that. That's that's all positive steps for his career. Uh, all of that moving forward. But for him, you know, like we're viewing this through the avalanche lens of since he's gotten here, the front office has been exceptional. And you know well, how much credit you give to Chris McFarland, well, well, you'll never know, but certainly has helped put his imprint on the organization and played a huge role in the Matt Duchesne trade. So you know,
0: certainly from the obviously, yeah, don't break up a good thing unless you yeah. have
1: to. One, well, this is where this is where the Sackic president McFarland GM conversation always comes into play, but. To be honest, I mentioned it on Twitter, the ads have given permission for him to go interview three different times for the GM job. I don't think they would do that if they were trying to get him to be president or if he wanted to be GM in Colorado and was Sakak as president because their titles might change, but functionally, what would change? Right. You know, But McFarland may just want his own chance to run his own shop have his own program, do his own thing, you know, Um, career ambitions being what they are. He's worked his ass off for a very long time for a shot at this. You know, he, he may not, he may not want to play second fiddle to Joe Sackett forever in Colorado. Not to say, not to say that there's an ego there, just that we don't know the personal motivations involved in this. We don't know the ambitions involved in this. We just, it's purely speculative because we cover Colorado and because the people who listen to our show are Avalanche fans, everybody just assumes that people want to live in Colorado and stay, stay in Colorado (laughs) forever and work for the Avalanche forever and ever as long as they're any good at what they do. But we don't even know. um, Can we refund him? (laughs) Um, We don't even know. We don't even know. What, what everybody involved in this process actually wants to do. So I think it's just wait and see. And when the chips are down, somebody will make a move. Um, this has not been like with Chris Drury, who can consistently has pulled himself out of uh, GM searches and said, I'm not interested in leaving the Rangers. I like what I've got going on here. And then they just made him, I think, associate GM which is yeah. just another title exactly, of assistant to the general manager.
0: I, I mean the implication of associate GM is the assumption that he's the man in waiting to become GM there, right? Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Uh Spence, we appreciate the two one ninety nine donations. I think we talked about Sam Vennett yesterday and that's about as as good as it's gonna get.
1: Keep them eyes peeped for some stuff
0: later. There you go. AJ's always have, cooking up something in the kitchen over here. We might have more on Sam later, but we won't get into it um, on the show today. There you go. So keep your eyes peeled. Be sure to follow AJ Hayfley on Twitter. Also, be sure to follow the DNVR Avalanche account as we are rapidly approaching 10k followers. Less than 200 to go now, so... uh, A couple of followers on dnvr underscore avalanche help us get to that, Mark, would be much appreciated. Just like liking this video and subscribing to the YouTube channel also helps us out a ton as we play the wrong graphic. There it is. That's the one we're looking for. You can hit the bell if you want to get notified every single time. I saw the the thumbs up and thumbs down. Got a little confused. I'm sorry. (laughs) Close enough. Close enough. We were in the ballpark. Uh, other good news for the Colorado Avalanche. According to the man himself, Nathan McKinnon is just fine. Good to yeah. go whenever the Avs do step on the ice again. Yeah, so. he's
1: been uh he's been joining uh a Fortnite streamer named Innocence. And uh apparently on that stream said I'm good. I'll be available to play whenever our next game is.
0: This is, this is modern reporting, people. Get on your Twitch streams Watch find, Twitch. Out the, find out the juicy details, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, obviously good news for the ads whenever they do return to the ice there. Outside of that, leaving Avalanche Hockey but staying in Colorado, a little bit of sad news today with Ralph Backstrom passing away, the man who engineered the creation of the Colorado Eagles back when the Central Hockey League was still a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people I know, Eagles are very near and dear to them, especially up north in Colorado. So people who were who were fans of the Eagles long before I was, I'm sure know know Ralph a lot better than I do. But
1: yeah, passed away over the weekend and was a, a huge part of. I mean, he's maybe the biggest reason
0: that AHL hockey is in Colorado today. Straight up, it's he created the Eagles and helped build that culture of winning up there, which has remained to this day. Um, it's an interesting conversation that the Eagles have never missed the playoffs in their history through mm-hmm. every league they've ever played in CHL. Were they in the Federal Hockey League for a little while? I don't think so. ECHL and AHL.
1: Yeah. Uh, the CHL, the ECHL, and the AHL, I believe, is
0: that. Yeah. But either way, uh, someone that some of you might not know, but certainly a, a powerful figure in the local the Colorado hockey scene um, was a crazy good hockey player back in the day as well. But, you know.
1: More more news today. Um, just a crazy – it's been a crazy day.
0: It's been a day, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Miko Koivu randomly retired.
0: Couldn't keep up in Montreal.
1: Yeah. Um, well, what else happened? Uh, the um, the Flyers game got canceled. Yep, uh, due to COVID issues. It's, um, it's Brian Burke sh- is joining Hextall in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bell canceled entire radio stations today in three cities. It's um, just without, anybody, without telling anybody, by the way. just They just woke up today it. and were like, our radio stations in uh, Winnipeg, Vancouver, and Hamilton are done. So uh, keep this in mind the next time that they want to appear to be the people's champ with their Bell Let's Talk initiative. Uh, remember that they're full of shit and you should not participate in that anymore.
0: Boom! Let them have it.
1: I mean, Thanks. straight up, like we can, we can all, we can all do more for mental health. We can all do, uh, we can all, we can all have a day. We should come together and have our own day. We shouldn't be relying on a huge corporation like that to just decide to care about mental health. They do all this stuff, all oh, they care all about it, and then they decide that they're just gonna shutter three of their stations with no warning whatsoever. No. Yeah, but
0: the Just message is good, them. but That's you can't garbage. you can't have the the you have to follow up with your actions with the yeah. for the message to mean anything. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for the five dollar super chat, much appreciated. Um, yeah, it's so it's been a day around the hockey world to say the least. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, expectations are that I mean, who knows here, right? We we saw yesterday multiple teams having their postponements extended now through the 15th, is it for Buffalo and New Jersey Mm -hmm. and Minnesota as well, I believe. So NHL is at a bit of a tough spot at the moment, generally. And there you go. Even more wild players testing positive for COVID. The Avs, Maybe dodged a bullet yesterday. They didn't add anyone to the COVID lists. Yeah.
1: Uh, As of right now, it's still Tyson, Joseph, Gabe, Landis, Card, and Sam Gerard.
0: So so far, not so bad. But uh, you know, we'll see exactly what turns out there. Could get worse. Could hopefully does not get worse. But it just kind of have to have to manage it. Will the outdoor game be canceled from JT? I think NHL is going to try and do everything in their power to not cancel it. They've still got 11 days. So,
1: yep. as long as the ABS continue to, to not add people to their list and they don't have to keep pushing games back, um, as far as we know, that game is still a go. And the only team. They've got to Vegas be nervous, was- though two of the four teams that, that, that are participating in that are not playing right now between the abs and the flyers. Yeah.
0: It's definitely not a great look. The good news for them is Vegas is two games leading up to it would have been against Colorado anyway, or still will be if Colorado comes off the, the COVID postponement list in Vegas too. Correct? Yes. So could be worse. Certainly. <laughs> um, for their setup there, but hopefully everything goes off without a hitch there and, and the NHL can get a significant number of teams back on back on schedule here as, as we were talking about after after our podcast yesterday, like especially that Eastern Division, if it continues to go this way, there's just no way they can have a full fifty-six game season over there. So things might have to be finagled a little bit for the NHL, but on that note, we can take our first period break and let you guys know about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They even have an Avalanche Amber for you to drink when the Avalanche do come back down at the DNVR bar with watch parties down there and all of that. If you can't get down to the bar, you can always check your local liquor store. Use the Breck beer locator online to find Breckenridge Brewery near you. And, of course, Chevalier Mortgage. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a long time, and they're a local family-owned, just like us here at DNVR. So help support our partners. Supporting them is supporting us. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and get your opportunity to win some free DNVR merch as well as get signed up for a free consultation. Mike is a certified financial planner, so they bring a lot more than just great rates when it comes to finding a home loan for you. Be sure to check them out today, again, at dnvrmortgage.com, or, of course, you can always call Virginia at 303-257-6578 Michael Chevalier, NMLS1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS1910631. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. All right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's show. Rudo,
1: I need to buy a new hat.
0: Okay. That's the meat and potatoes of today's show. Confirmed. Exactly. AJ's shopping.
1: Um...
0: <laughs> What hat should I buy? You said you didn't want a hockey hat, right? Yeah,
1: I don't want a hockey hat.
0: Hmm.
1: But I'm I'm feeling I buy new hats and beanies every few months, and it's been a while. So I need to buy something new. So I think whoever, whoever
0: comes up with the best idea in chat wins. There you go, chat. What hat should AJ buy for yeah. not uh, non-hockey related? Yeah.
1: That that is not a that is not a hockey team, because I own plenty of hockey hats.
0: Buy a uh, buy a Wow hat,
1: just one with the Horde.
0: Yeah, there you go. Perfect, the Horde logo on it. You're set. <laughs> um, well, a John Deere? Absolutely not, Victor. A blue bombers hat? That's probably not bad, except for you don't like the blue yeah. bombers. You could buy the their uh, their enemies and have everyone yell at you every time you go up to Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, I'm already a Riders fan. So, <laughs> oh, Kyle Bush hat. There you go. That that's a boy,
0: NASCAR. I appreciate the two dollars, but neither of us are NASCAR fans. Well, Rune's to these days. Does RuneScape make hats? I don't even know.
1: That rootscape still exists.
0: is, Dude, it's like more popular sure, than ever is. now. Like, it's crazy out there. All right? Liverpool hat. Not a big soccer fan myself, but I don't know. AJ, which which Premier League team do you even root for? Chelsea. Okay, well, you're not going to buy a Liverpool hat then. Nope. <laughs> all right. Keep buying... keep giving us hat ideas, since AJ didn't seem sold on too many of those. We're just getting warmed up here. A Bitcoin hat. (laughs) Dogecoin hat. Uh, (laughs) While you guys are are putting in hat recommendations, let's talk about Tyson Jost and Val a little bit, because their defense has certainly been quite strong this year. I don't think there's any argument that Tyson Jost hasn't taken a step forward defensively this year. He's fallen in – I'd fall into the wrong word. He's stepped into his bottom six role and excelled through 11 games so far. But He's blossomed. Yeah, for sure. But we do have the chart that everyone has been sharing uh, around Twitter and such that we can bring up here for Tyson Jost. Oh, I'm getting and tired of seeing it. It's going to be – this is going to be a little bit of a lesson in – Don't always trust the statistics you see out there, because this makes Tyson Jost look like the greatest defensive forward in the history of history. Yeah. Um, it's look the numbers are great. You have to take into account a lot of things, though. First of all,
1: these are five. No,
0: he's soft on the wall. (laughs) I I don't know about that, but. These are five very specific stats that make Tyson Joe's look very, very good.
1: Yeah, very um, specific stats.
0: Three of them having to do with expected goals against, which is kind of a wonky stat when you're taking it out of context.
1: Well, and it's it's such an iffy stat in general. Yeah. Um, because it relies so much on shot location. It It fails and to take
0: into account a lot
1: of things. Shot location is something that uh, it's tracking is still very iffy. Yep. So it's
0: expected goals is an inexact science at the moment. It's extremely, extremely inexact, especially to the point of there's expected goals and then there's adjusted expected goals for players' shooting ability is a completely different stat. Yeah and you regularly see players at the high end shoot double digits over their expected goals for. Right.
1: And for anybody that's looking at this right now, um, and if you're listening to this as a podcast, it's basically uh, five bars, um, completely maxed out in expected goals against per 60, five on five relative to teammates expected goals against per 60. Again, very specific. Uh, High dangerous shots against per 60, um and then i don't know what fa is, is this, yeah, I'm actually is it, i'm assuming sure. it's fenwick against that
0: would make sense
1: but. um but expected goals against um, divided by fenwick against is sort of a Again, really specific. Yeah, you're stats. getting into
0: super specific stuff here. Like um, no one the, should be looking at that stat. The question is
1: is how meaningful is it? And then D zone giveaways,
0: which giveaways another stat that's tracked yeah. questionably at best. Exactly. So uh it's Yeah. it's and even if like even if you put value into these stats you have to put it into context understand that Tyson Jost is playing a bottom six role here he's not regularly stepping out onto the ice against the best shooters in the league right he, the avs have always matched up top line against top line that's what they like to do tyson jost is is playing great defense but he's doing it against third liners fourth liners guys that probably don't have the best shooting percentages in the league so yeah. it's it's part of the equation there and I I don't want to hate on Tyson Jost uh, as Edwin brings up a minute 155 minutes of of time on ice it's not nothing like that's certainly you know we're t- we're not talking about 50 minutes of time on ice here there's there's a decent amount of stuff to this data but this is also not a even close to a full season of data. This is something that needs to continue being the trend for him to solidify himself as an extremely strong defensive player. The other side, and it's not shown in those statistics, but the other side and the place where I think Tyson just has really grown the most is on the penalty kill. He's taken to that role like a duck to water and the Avs penalty kill has been pretty darn excellent on the whole this year. So there is some negativity about those stats specifically that are getting shared, but I don't want to take away from Tyson Joe's play. He's been very, very good in that role defensively this year. And that brings me to the next question. AJ, who's been better defensively this year, Tyson Joe's or Val Nishushkin?
1: uh Uh I, I would say Jost has been. Okay. I, uh, I think the tiebreaker is their work on the PK where Jost yeah. has played a bigger role. Uh, and I think that I would take that.
0: I asked this on Twitter about a week ago, right before their last game. And it was pretty split the, the fan base in general or the Twitter verse in general, it could go either way. Both of these guys are, are very, very similar in their performance defensively. Uh, a lot of people gave it to Nuke because of the marginal more production on the offensive side.
1: What is he uh, at? A goal and an assist? Yeah,
0: he has one more point than Jost.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and you remember that was a breakaway that he botched and then essentially the puck, kicked it in.
0: Yeah. The, the puck,
1: he, he got stuffed on a breakaway and the puck directed it off his skate. Off of a, I mean, he had, the guy got lucky and this is this is the conversation and, and like we don't care about that right had had Tyson Joe scored into the empty net and their production was the same what would we how would we feel about it oh he does have two goals he he did score the one
0: uh, uh yeah net. you're right you're right you're right you're right yeah the the five hole goal so he's up to three points now yeah so but had Tyson Joe scored into the empty net everybody would be like but it's an empty net yeah it's definitely one of those tough things to to judge there because yes Tyson just only has one point him needing more production has been a knock on him for a while now and it's
1: something for the record and I want to make this I want to make this absolutely clear because it seems like we get it, we, every time we have the Joe's conversation there's always that one clown out there that wants to focus on you guys just love Tyson Jones. Like, we agree, he needs to produce more. Yep. You have to produce offense to stay in the lineup. You have to. Like, you just, you can't be useless on one side of the ice. If he's gonna score twenty five points a year, that's fine.
0: He's you on know? pace for eight this season. So yeah, so that's got to go up.
1: Yep. But you know, twenty five points. I mean, that's you'll take 25 points out of a bottom six guy like that. That's fine. You just have to know that you can't play him too much because you won't get you won't get more out of him. Yep. So yep. it's it's important to note like we agree there has to be production. It he has to start finding ways to fall his way into some points. Uh, he per- like he generates scoring chances. He's involved in quality stuff on offense,
0: but pucks got to go in the
1: net. They've got to go in the net, man. Yeah. Like it doesn't. I'm sorry, it just does not do enough good to just generate all the time. I, the the one the one good thing that you you always say about it though, and it's especially true for bottom six guys. If those guys are putting pucks on net, those are pucks that are not getting put on their own net. Those are saves that their goalie not having to make. Yep. So you can you can ding Tyson Jones for hitting the goalie in the chest all day. But it's like, hey, those are those
0: are shots that Philip Grubauer is not having to stop. If Tyson Jost is shooting, the other team can't be shooting. Um a couple other questions from the chat here. BW Whiteside asks, "Can we hear from AJ on why he'll be protected over others?" Right, uh, right now I would protect both the yeah. Chuskin and Jones. I I mean, I think there's two factors to this. One, there's still a chance that he's not protected. Two, based on the economics of the Avs and their cap hit, protecting Jost forces Seattle to take a player that has at least a $2 million cap hit off of their hands, unless they're taking a nobody from the AHL. Mm -hmm. So... From a salary cap standpoint, protecting Joseph makes sense regardless of performance. Yeah,
1: any incentive that you can get to take uh, Ryan Graves, JT Confer, Jonas Donskoy from you, you're, you'll go with. Just yep. purely, and this is purely about money and not quality of player. Yep. Uh, because if you get rid of that $3.5 million from JT Confer, then maybe you could have an argument about Thomas Christ as your freaking
0: backup. Yeah. <laughs> JT asks, are their salaries at the level of their playing levels? I, I don't. It's still, don't, I mean, we're 11 games in. Yeah.
1: I, so all the, of this is too
0: conclusive. The conversation I want to have there, though, is that if you're putting Nichushkin and Jost on a similar level of play, generally, Jost is making less than 900K. Yeah. You have to feel pretty good about that for this one year. We had this conversation a little bit yesterday. If Joe starts to produce, he's not going to be making 900k next year. Yeah, he's going to be making significantly more than that. So, again, the the tightrope act of of walking the well, the gallery cap never ends.
1: He produces, then you're looking at giving him found the Jewish kid's contract. Yeah,
0: exactly right. Exactly right. So it's. It's definitely a fine line to walk here. I do want to dig a little bit more into Val Nachuchin in a second here, but we have to take our second period break as we are sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Head on over there and use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get a bunch of amazing deals. You can see with UFC 258 coming up, you can get... 100 to 1 odds when you select who you think is going to take home the championship belt. They also are having a little bit of a special offer coming up here. Coming up on the weekend, Nuggets playing Lakers. And they're doing the Hammer the Over event for Valentine's Day. The game's at 8 p.m. on Valentine's Day. For every 1,000 users, you get to bet on the over. DraftKings will lower the over by one point, so... Jump on that, get in on it, do it now. And if enough of you do it, the over will literally be a hockey game over and it will be free money for everyone. Might as well go earn yourself some free money on the over by dropping it down as low as it can go. It's just bet whatever you can. You can bet 50 cents on this thing and you still count as an entry into lowering the over. So you might as well jump on it, get everybody some free money, head on over, use hammer the over hashtag hammer the over on social when you place the bet to let everybody know. So you get more people going all of a sudden the over is like 60 in a basketball game and you have free money all the way around. It's a no brainer bet. Head on over to DraftKings Sportsbook for a limited time only. Use that DNVR code when you sign up to get all of those amazing bets and more odds boosts as well. Once you're all entered, you'll be good to go. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus, first bet match, each up to $500. That's for the $1,000 sign-up bonus, by the way. Requires 25X playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook.
1: Yes, the answer is yes. The the entire crux of the Jost criticism comes from his draft position. Yep. If he yep. was drafted even even 25th overall, people wouldn't feel the way they do about him. But because he was a top 10 pick and they used the 10th overall pick on Miko Rantanen and Tyson Jost, you get compared. It doesn't matter that Jost is one of the better players from a really mediocre draft class. Like that it, it does not matter. That context gets ignored. Uh, that uh, there are 10 teams that drafted in the top 20 of that of that first round who would kill for Tyson Jost. Yep. Because that draft
0: was so weak. I've I've been told by our producer that the over for the, the Nuggets game is already at 34 points. So you are literally just winning free money at this point if you go bet on that. Um, Drew asks, over under five more games until a spinny goal, AJ. We haven't seen one yet this year. Think the ads are due for one? Outdoor game spinners? Sure.
1: <laughs>
0: AJ, AJ not going to put his name out there strong on the spinny goal, but.
1: I mean, they always, they, they, they fall out of the sky. Yeah, for sure. Like, they're just not a thing that you can make happen on a regular basis. For me it's instead of spinny goals just just ask about Sam Girard how many broken ankles he's caused with the with the tornado. Yep. That thing it, is but he's an agony.
0: Between him spinning people's ankles off and McCar crossing people over, it's just I would not want to be a forward facing the Avalanche in the defensive zone as of late. Um you know, I'm not
1: sure that Sam Gerard would be the best D man from twenty sixteen. I'd have um, to look. I mean, you've got the Sergachev conversation, uh Charlie McAvoy,
0: Jacob mm, Chikrin.
1: McAvoy I, I I might put Sam over Chikrin, but McAvoy I don't, would
0: be tough. I,
1: I think I would put Chikrin and, and Gerard in the same caliber. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely not. But good. I think McAvoy
1: would probably McAvoy and Serge McAvoy for sure would be my top choice. Sergachev would probably be on the same level for me as, as Gerard and yeah. as
0: well. he maybe gets the like half tier between McAvoy and, and Gerard, yeah. The, um,
1: the thing that Gerard has over Chikrin is health. But if Chikrin has that moving forward, then it doesn't really matter
0: anymore. Yeah. But for like the first like three years, Chikrin just couldn't stay healthy. Yep. But uh taking a top three four D in the second round and then ultimately the Avs ended up trading for him. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, I did want to get a little bit more into Nachushkin here. We have his stat profile that I just want to bring up just to show, look, we've agreed that they've been pretty similar defensively. This looks drastically different for Nachushkin. This is why don't trust expected goals against. Okay. Well,
1: I think what, what is interesting here is the high danger shots against. Yep. Because the majority of high danger chances are created from the outside in. Yep. and both of yeah. these guys are playing predominantly they've been playing at wing with Joe's playing a little bit of center oh, yeah. uh in those Mar- last couple down of mostly, games, yeah but predominantly at wing and so that means that these guys uh, Joe's is doing a better job at shutting shutting down play keeping uh, it to the perimeter yeah exactly and and they're getting in on Machushkin a little bit more yep. so uh and I think uh, the 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 most surprising one here is the relative. Um, yeah. Nachushkin was fantastic there last year. He was awesome. And him him getting rolled. In relative this, to in teammates, right now, yeah. Yeah, relative to his own teammates. I, I'm just I'm surprised by that.
0: It is a little bit surprising. There is also the fact that Nachushkin, at least for a couple games there, was even up on the second line for some some shifts at least, maybe not a full game, but I do think that's part of it. On the other hand, I do think he's been quite solid. Another guy who's been lights out on the PK for the Avs, especially with the injuries they've had. So it's it's tough to quantify that exactly. Again, it, when you look at possession metrics, both of them are rock solid when it comes mm-hmm. to getting the abs, the puck, and maintaining possession, etc. But I don't actually... Is Nachushkin's PDO? I, I should have checked this before the show. I can check it later. Um, I'm not sure if Nachushkin's getting a little bit more PDO or, or if... I know Jose was right around 100, so that would be expected. But in any case, both of them have developed into solid bottom six defenders. But my question is, is it even possible to rank them? with some of the best forwards in the league could, can you have a conversation about either of them being top 10 defensive forwards?
1: I, so I, I struggle with this a lot. Yeah. Um, because I don't teams play different systems with different roles and they have different teammates and they're playing against different competition. Yep. And I think trying to match up, Tyson Jost's role with the role of I don't know, a random forward on Philadelphia. Sure. It, it gets very it's, Right. Like it's, it's so difficult to do because their usage is different and you can't really adjust for that. Like you, you can to an extent but you just can't definitively do it. And it's such a tough it's such a it's such a tough thing to do year to year. Um, this is where the underlying stuff, you know, all the fancy charts and graphs and all that, are great because they really give us an idea of who's excelling in their roles um, defensively. I think it's it's is really useful, but it's it really is it's so hard to compare jobs across the league, like. You know you look at you look at top centers and Alexander Barkov, um, Sebastian Ajo those guys get rated as some of the best two-way forwards two two best two-way centers in the NHL and they're they're a little they're a little overrated because defensively they get chewed up a little bit. but then you think about the fact that they are playing against the
0: absolute best yeah. all the time when they play 15 minutes plus a night against Nathan McKinnon, at 5-on-5, right. they're like going to get gonna, scored on sometimes. You're going to lose
1: some. And that's, you know, and it's different because Val Nichushkin is playing with J.T. Comfer and Jonas Tonskoy. And, you know, they're going out there and they're playing against Minnesota's third
0: line. I don't even know who's on that line anymore. Couldn't I could not guess what the center is on that line, to be honest with you. <laughs> No concept of it, right? Probably like Erickson Eck on the wing or something. Yeah, I don't know. Um,
1: I I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even know at this point who is Minnesota matching. Third up line, yeah. Which is uh, funny because they just played three games against Minnesota, and for the life of me, my brain just cannot.
0: Yeah, well, Minnesota. Uh, whoever Minnesota's third line was is on the COVID protocol list now. So just so their, that. their
1: third line in the last game, um, and this I only say that this is their third line because this is what it's listed officially from their lineup sheet, was Jordan Greenway, Joel Erickson Eck, and Ryan Hartman.
0: So there you go. I got one right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Their lineup sucks. I don't know what a Gerald Mayhew and a Luke Johnson are, but they're in the top six
0: apparently. Michael, thank you so much for the super chat. Much appreciated. If you're coming into town, let us know when you're heading down to the DNVR bar. We usually do our post games live from the bar. So be sure Miss to- the bar all of a sudden. Yeah. If you're heading down there, shoot us a DM and we'll stop by and say hi to you for sure. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's someone brought up Nachushkin finished eighth in the Selkie conversation last year which for a winger is honestly pretty impressive. It's very, very hard for a winger to win that award. It, the Avs, it's, it's weird, right? Because everyone thinks of the Avs as this high-octane offensive team that go, 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 goes forward. But we've seen between the bottom six that they've built with a Jost and a Chushkin when healthy guys like Calvert and Belmamar who play very low-event hockey... Philip Grubauer was facing twenty shots a night for a for a five game stretch. There, the Avs were were pretty darn dominant. And granted, some of that has to do with having a defense of Gerard McCar, Taves, Byram, EJ. The list goes on. We've talked yeah. about their defense arguably being the best in the league. They're, the the Avs are just a tough nut to crack on the whole this year. So, I it's looking good. I, when the abs are healthy, at the very least, it's looking good. When you're talking about guys that play this heavy defensive style, as in Joe's case, a fourth liner when the abs are healthy, it's hard to have too many complaints, right? I don't, at least. Yeah. So, uh, it's. I mean face off wins are only matter when they matter, right, Paul?
1: Yeah, face off wins only matter situationally. Yeah. <laughs> so, like people have done the work on this and it's it's old work too. It's not even new work. Yeah, this so is
0: like 5-10 years old now.
1: The last I think 2016 was when I when I read maybe the most like definitive um where they they were like, "Oh no." Winning a face off, winning a face off in the offensive zone increases your shots. Like if if you get a, it increases your chance of getting a shot in the first five seconds of a face off win. Otherwise, it does not do significantly anything
0: for you. Yep, there's on the data available. There was not enough of a correlation to put any meaning behind face offs.
1: Just just out of out of curiosity here, um, Erickson Eck is their top is Minnesota's top ice time getter at center with Nick Bonino right behind him. And then um, Marcus Johansson and Nick dead
0: behind. So you're nah. rotating Nick Bonino as your one C. I mean, any of those guys should, none of those guys should be yeah. in the top six. Yeah. That's
1: pretty yikes. That's yeah. With definite... Victor Rask all the way down there who had those couple of nice games
0: against the ads. And it was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty wild to see that the Avs are, are icing a fourth line center that you don't mind playing against Minnesota's top line center. But yeah, <laughs> two teams in two very different situations, to say the least, on that front. Um, yeah, yeah. Where <clears throat> let's let's have this conversation really quick before we end up the show today and i know you just talked about how hard it is to compare roles but i'm gonna make you do it anyway uh-huh. i mean gabe- the world is always making me do stuff i don't like so. <laughs> gabe landiskog the defensive forward that at least the three-headed monster leans on right he's the one doing the heavy lifting defensively for mm-hmm. the most part on that line where does he fit in on the Avalanche, as a as compared to Val Nichushkin and Tyson Jost, is is Gabe Landeskog's five on five defense as important as what Tyson Jost and Val Nichushkin are doing, plus their PK role? Repeat the question. How important is Gabe Landeskog's defense compared to the role that Nichushkin and Jost are playing? Is, is it's important. I I I know it's important, but. Does, do Jostin and Chushkin keep up with Landis God because of their PK role? Or is Landy having to go out against those top line players every night and and be that guy more important to the Avs?
1: Uh, I think Landy, um, because the quality of competition, um, he also, like, moonlights as their defensive center sometimes. Yeah, he now, takes the face offs at least, yeah. McKinnon's gotten better defensively in the last couple of years. So yep. this is like less true than it was a few years ago. Yep. And we still, we still, the conversation around it is still like Landy does all the heavy lifting. That's not really true anymore, but he is, also... he's very much their glue guy still. Hashtag um, Landy's not a center. Yeah. <laughs> and no, I would not play him there. <laughs> Or Ranton for that matter. But I would Rant be more tempted with center.
0: I would be more tempted with Rantanen. Um You I mean, the creative yeah. passing ability, at least offensively, you can yeah. lean on with Ranton a
1: little bit, right? But Well and the size and the way that he can just drive the center of the ice, I think, would change things up. And with Landy, I don't know that um, him coming through the neutral zone with the puck is something that I'm as comfortable with. In terms of driving play, just yeah. raw driving it. Um but not the point. Um yeah, I don't um Landy's I I think Landy the, the what he does is more important because the league is full of guys in bottom sixes that that have defensive roles. You know, and the matchups and whatever, we could talk about how they're all different and all that. But ultimately, like the league, every team is paying guys because their defense first forwards where they they're just trying to squeeze the water from a rock. You know, yeah, you get the blood from the stone with the with a 22 points or <laughs> whatever, whatever they got from Pierre Edward Belmar last year where it was like, oh, career high level stuff for sure. Yeah. And it was, like,
0: 20-some-odd points. Yeah. So. And, yeah, it's, it's legitimately very, very tough. We we mentioned it earlier. When you're paying a player 800K and you get 15 points out of them, it doesn't feel great, but it feels a whole lot better than when you're paying a player 2 million and you get 15 points out of them. Yeah. So yeah, the value I the, proposition
1: as well. The second year on Natushion's contract made me – a little spooky. Um, yeah. It made me a little uncomfortable, Um, just because I think you need to tangle that carrot as often as you can yep. for the depth guys of playing for the contract. Um, and and we're seeing like Natchukin has taken a huge step back offensively this year. Yeah, where he's he's it, it's not like last season there were there was a whole like six week stretch where he was creating, he was just in the middle of everything. It's, and it felt like he was never going to score again. And then he did. And then the goals just kind of dropped after that. It just started making sense. It's such um, a different,
0: this year, the, the feeling is the puck hits a stick and the play just dies. Yeah. But,
1: well, when you just look at that breakaway goal that he scored, it's yeah. a great example of how yep. his year is kind of gone. Yep. Um. The, the goal that he scored against Minnesota where, you know, he went five hole, that's just him going on the net. That's just good hard work, and you know, beating a goalie. That's great. You'll take. You know, that's repeatable. That's something he can do. That's yep. that was, it was super encouraging. I was all about. I'm all about that. Right? Like, I'm not going to ding any of that. But that breakaway goal, breakaway goal, killed me because it felt like the most Michigan thing ever. He makes a great play. Creates a little bit of something and then boosts it. Gets really lucky at the very end of it and it goes in and it's like, cool, we're here. You'll you'll absolutely take it. You don't apologize for success. But that that one. Yeah. Ooh,
0: a bungee hat might be cool.
1: A bungee hat would be cool.
0: Um, just due diligence here since it's been bugging me since I talked about it. Tyson Joe's PDO 1.01. Nachushkin's PDO So Nachushkin's a little on the low side. His on-ice save percentage is only 89.8 at 5-on-5. So maybe a little bit of a goalie factor there going on in his his numbers. But either way, I, I guess we're wrapping up. We can move into our final thoughts here on the show, AJ. Avs don't play for at least five more days I guess five more days would be the day they could play right uh,
1: what a 5 pm game in
0: Vegas yeah yeah what uh what do you do if if you're Colorado here given that you haven't played in a week you'll have two days to practice one one day of practice realistically before you're back in is, is there a major effect there should we expect sloppiness when they come back? Yeah, okay. I'm expecting
1: this Vegas series to not go particularly well. Be a little bit
0: messy. Yeah, if I mean, Vegas
1: continues if they if they get to keep playing and they're in rhythm, and they're playing a Colorado team that just took a week off, and there, I expect there will still be, you know, we don't know what Eric Johnson and Devon Taves are up to. Yeah, um, if those guys are still out, then you know McKinney
0: coming back will obviously be helpful. But. Uh, there's a world where if Gerard's still on protocol. Yeah, you know, if Gerard can't go and Taves can't go and Johnson can't go, they're in trouble. Their defense is McCarr, Byram, Graves, Timmins, and then it'd be Paterin like and, and McDonald. <laughs> and McDonald, yeah. And then maybe Gilbert. Yeah, gets that's involved in that. Pretty yikes.
1: <sighs>
0: yeah. Anyway. We could talk about that more as the Avs get closer to play. We are going to get out of here for the day. Thank you, everyone, watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. Again, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel if you want to catch us live five days a week, sometimes more if the Avs are playing. And we're doing our post-game pods 1 p.m. every day. The Avs do not play. We'll wrap up here with Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. Jump on it. Get it. If you have any aches and pains, migraines, IBS, joint pain, back pain, you name it, it can help with all of that. Use that DNVR20 code to get 20% off your first purchase. We also have cold brew down at the DNVR bar. That's going to do it for us. Thank you again, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.